Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Dave... Don't you usually start with Dave when Craig's not here? And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start every week with Good Thing. So, Dave, hey. it's your turn first. Oh, yeah. Um, so I listened to a couple episodes of this old radio show from NPR called Car Talk. And I guess they exist somewhere. Um, NPR has uploaded some episodes as podcasts. They're like way old they're from the 90s they're like 30 years old i guess holy cow uh the episodes that are up but you can find them on podcasts and it's only a handful right now i think uh but i'm sure there are other ways of finding old episodes but um yeah i i'm not really into cars i don't know a whole lot about cars like i guess i can change my oil i replace spark plugs on it's just real simple stuff and it's not really a topic of interest for me but the hosts are very entertaining and hilarious. Uh, they're two brothers. Uh, their nicknames are Click and Clack, the Tappet Brothers. I don't, I forget what their real names are. Um, but yeah, the whole presentation of the show is really funny. They have callers call in and tell them about car trouble to get advice. And they've also got, uh, they also do like a weekly puzzler, which is like a little, you know, like a little word problem or logic problem, uh, you know to do and uh they're pretty well known i guess they were in an episode of arthur and they also had their own pbs animated show for a little bit might have like five or six episodes or something but yeah car talk a lot of fun even if you're not into cars uh the guys the brothers are uh entertaining enough on their own that whatever they're talking about i want to be there matt and i loved that show back when it was on the air there was um when we were commuting to one of our college classes it happened to come on right at that time. And so we'd listen to it. And, and I don't even like, I, I can't change my oil or spark plugs or whatever, but I still enjoyed the show because the hosts are just hilarious. So yeah, I second that good thing. It's, it's pretty funny. I'll third it. Um, I'm at about Dave's level of car repair, maintenance, etc. interest. And yeah, car talk is delightful. Yeah. I remember I used to listen to it. On uh, some summer days, my dad would have a paper route, you know, drive around. And, well, it was really, my mom did it mostly, uh, had a paper route where she would give the bundles of papers to, you guys remember newspaper? Anyway, um, but, you know, when I didn't have school and I was helping them out, my dad would always listen to it. Like, it, it was my mom's route, but sometimes he helped out with it. Go around with my dad, listen to car talk. It's good times. Uh, yeah, so my good thing this week is insert good thing. What on earth is my good thing this week? You guys got any ideas? What we do in the werewolf. I was seriously going to do what we do in the shadows. <laughs> like, because I, I'm all caught up on res dogs. So I, I started what we do in the shadows. And um, I'm only about four episodes. I'm just going to do my good thing now, Mike. <laughs> I'm yeah, about four ahead. episodes. And, and it is so funny um we've said it before but taika don't miss like it's 
it's so funny. It's hilarious. It's uh, just a bunch of vampires um, who are roommates and um, just just living in modern times. And uh, there's one episode where they end up at a city council meeting. And <laughs> I, I can't even describe how funny it was. I laughed a lot. So it's a good thing. Um, yeah, I can. I, I have had what we do in the shadows is a good thing before. Uh, so when I had it, I said it was just, like, essentially more of the same of the movie. Uh, I would like to revise that now. It has very much become its own thing, and it's better than the movie now. Well, I, I look forward to getting that far. Um, at, as I've said before, I don't have Hulu, so I'm at the mercy of uh, my friend who has Hulu. And um, just uh, taking a, a few episodes a week, and uh, it, it's great. It it is extremely good. Um, okay, yeah, I've got a good thing now. Uh, I'm doing a psych rewatch, and I actually skipped most of the first two seasons because I've seen those episodes way too many times, and they're just not as good as season three. Season three is just phenomenal. Like it's it's before Sean's character gets too wacky. If you've watched Psych, you you kind of get what I'm saying. I think like mm -hmm. he got he got turned into a cartoon character in later seasons, but so he is the Wayne. I mean, yeah, we we've been <laughs> saying that for like the the whole right. book. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, season three is pretty much ideal of of Psych. Yeah, good show. I oh I should really actually probably show. tell people what Psych is about. So Psych is about Sean Spencer and his best friend Gus, or Burton Guster, I should say. He goes by Gus. And they open a psychic detective agency because uh, Sean is just really, what's the word? Observant. Observant, thank you. And in the first episode, he kept calling in tips to the police to solve crimes. And they didn't believe that he could just pick up, you know, that someone was guilty based on a... TV interview with the local news. Uh, so he told them he was psychic, and everything just sort of went from there. So he's not really psychic. He pretends he is. They solve crimes. The end. But yeah, excellent show. Highly recommended if you haven't seen it. Um, the Wax and Wayne books are are very psych e. Psyche. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, that's my good thing. Psych. It aired on USA for like nine years. And there are two movies with a third being made. And Craig's daughter likes the theme song. Yep. Oh, and it is, like, the whole series, including the movies, are all currently streamable for free on Peacock. At least in the U.S. I don't know how that works internationally. Yet another, yet another service Tori doesn't have. But it's free, it free, so you could have it. I thought you had to subscribe to Peacock. Uh, you do, but there's, like, it's just a sign up with a login. There's also a pay version for some other stuff, but Psych isn't on that. Oh, well, I shall look into that then. Yeah, there's actually a pretty good uh, movie list on there, too. Oh, and YouTube has movies for free with ads that there are a few that looked pretty good that I haven't gone back to watch yet. There's a whole lot of documentaries on there. Oh, and like there's a whole lot. There's a lot of garbage in there, too. Like, for sure. It's not, you know, high quality, 100% across the board. This, The Criterion Collection, this ain't. High quality garbage. 
But yeah, there's there's a few good things mixed in with the garbage. Only the best garbage. We're very selective about our garbage. Exactly. Speaking of garbage, Dave, you read some chapters this week. Oh, they weren't garbage. Take that back. They were actually excellent chapters. This is <laughs> this is one of my favorite uh, yeah, parts of the book. The, uh, from the Brandons of Morning. Yeah. The Bands of Sanderson, some call it. Bands of, they should change his name to Bands of Sanders, maybe. Uh, we're doing chapters 24 through 28 of The Bands of Mourning, of course, by our good guy, Brandon Sanderson. And start with chapter 24, I guess. No reason to do them out of order. Still the way I wrote my notes. Uh, Wayne should be 101 and symbol for Parley. And then Wax pulled on the rope. Trap pains and growing pains and not growing pains. They sure are going to make this easy for suit. Thoughtful one or observant master. Which is it, Alec? Uncle Suit suing for truce. Alright, so they're in this temple-y, cave-y thingy. And Steris is rating everybody on usefulness for the mission. And I think Wayne got like a 70 or something. And like I think he should be 101. If Wax is 100, Wayne is 101. Uh, but she, Marisy's like 82, I think. Yeah, she notably rates uh, Marisy. Is that how you say her name? That's how I say her name. That's how I believe it should be pronounced. That's not how the audiobook does it. Okay. Uh, so Serini is <laughs> 70. Uh, Marasi is rated higher than Wayne. Notable. Would you Would you like me to break down the etymology for why I think she her name should be pronounced that way? Yeah, sure. Okay, well, it's derivative of Mare, um, Kelsier's wife. Oh. So, Mare. Never even thought about that. Yeah. Let's see an argument for that. Mare Wait, that's not how it's... Alright. So, they look off in the distance and they see Uncle Suit coming up and he's holding a, basically like a white flag. They're like, alright, we want truce, but come talk, not fight. Well, I guess it's not the same thing as surrendering yeah he wants to come talk and wax pulled on the rope because milan fell into a garbage chute and you know they're just they're setting off all the traps so that uncle suit won't have to worry about them that's awful nice of them let's say and uh yeah see how that goes and alec keeps coming up with new names for wax one of his titles is thoughtful one and another title is unobservant master I guess you can think without observing. Yeah. Yeah, basically in this chapter, Wax and Wayne... Or not Wax and Wayne. Wax and... Uh, Al... And um, Milan are moving forward to set off the traps while Steris, Marassi, and Wayne are guarding the entrance. They see Uncle Suit coming, waving a flag of Parley. And that's uh, about it for chapter 24, I think. Um, was the Tell acid trap in that chapter? Is what? Acid the acid trap. trap. Uh, no, I think that comes next chapter, like after okay. Wax starts noting the patterns of the traps. Ah. And it's like, oh, acid trap. Right. Okay. But yeah, I did actually say that, because Alec was like, oh, they probably have traps designed to to get you, Lord Waxy Mistborny Misting dude. And I'm like, well, yeah, but they probably also have traps for Chandra. And they did at one point. I don't remember which chapter exactly. I'm so glad that you cottoned on to that. <laughs> yeah? Because it's just kind of glossed over in the book. Like, oh, that was probably an acid that came out of solution. And, like, 
Milan is ticked about it, but they you have to know because it's it's whoever's point of view that chapter was. It's just kind of oh, that was probably an acid trap, and Milan's like, yeah, think. <laughs> Uh, and then she's like ruined. completely silent for two chapters because she's freaked out. Yeah. Well, she'll get freaked out even more. In well, one of the future chapters. Let's talk about it. Yeah, why don't you tell us about that, Dave? Chapter 25. Edward, ha- I guess that's supposed to be Edwarn. I guess autocorrect spren strike again. Edwarn has the two ring. Alex, Captain, knew more stuff. Past tense. It's my pleasure to open for you. Milan checks inside for traps. Edwarn isn't a monster. He's a lawbender. Somebody got here early and, quote, broke the display case and, quote, stole the relic. So, you know, Edwarn knows the password to get into the inner chamber where they expect to find the bands of mourning. Milan, there aren't any traps immediately by the door, but Milan moves forward to the pedestal. Blah, blah, blah. And then there's like this pedestal with a broken glass display box. And they're like, oh, someone got here and beat us to it. Uh-oh. But uh, my initial theory here was that Wax had actually come in earlier and and set this uh, decoy up. But uh, that uh, that doesn't turn out to be the case moving forward. That was my initial thought. That's why I wrote my note the way I did. But um, I was... Well. You know what we say. You gotta do secret stuff sometimes. Yeah, Kelsier said it. Right when he uh, absorbed the investiture from the Well of Ascension. Uh, when did he do that again? When indeed. I need to trick Craig. I can't, because you're always reviewing the episodes. <laughs> like I, So when I go back and remember it, ah, whatever. We'll get Craig in, uh, in the next week recording for the end of the book. Maybe I'll trick him then. Alright, uh... Yeah, so Edwarn knew all about the uh, the the heat mines, rings and stuff. I don't remember if he has his own or if he just takes, but you know, whatever. I think he had his own. Because he came like he was all like covered with snow and frost, and he was like, brr, 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 I'm cold. And they, they okay, they so they him took inside with him, and he's like, ah, I'm warm. They took all of them that they could find on the main ship, mm-hmm. um, and they knew what they did. Just through a combination of torture and experimentation, but uh, the stores aren't infinite. So, yeah, you know, right, use them sparingly. They, why don't they... Couldn't they just find a fairing? Well, maybe they didn't have enough time, but they think they could just find a fairing that can store warmth. Well, since it's identity-free, you don't actually need to be a specific fairing. You just need to be somewhere warm enough that you can spare the heat. Wait. Yeah, I, I don't being, really understand it either. So being identity free allows you to tap it, but would that allow you to fill it? It should. Okay, but wait, what? But then you also need the investiture mind to be a ferrucamist, right? All right. So there's like there's the brass or whatever that stores heat. That part is identity free because somebody was storing their identity. And emptied it to empty it while filling that. Then there's the other part, which is whatever metal gives you investiture. And I guess that would probably also be identity free. So Yeah, basically you're you're yeah, filling actually, the guess... identity portion while you're also interacting with whatever else the medallion does. So wait, why would why did don't they talk about needing fairings to fill the mines for them? Or 
Maybe not. Maybe that was just the they they need the allomancers or something. Wait, I don't remember. Yes, because <laughs> as Texas Blade points out in the chat, uh, compounding also helps. Oh yeah, okay. compounding lets you bypass so many other things. All right, that makes sense. So basically, and if you want to one... join our chat, then you can do that here on Discord. You, you access it from our Patreon, which is Mike. Help me out here. Patreon.com slash CosmereCast, spelled C-O-S-M-E-R-E-C-A-S-T. And you don't have to join uh, or uh, subscribe to the Patreon, but that's where the link to the Discord is. If you want to get involved in the chat here, like Texas Blade. Yeah, it's, it's like, I want to say it's like the first thing I posted, so you may have to scroll a little bit to find it, since I've used the Patreon as like a secondary episode posting place when our primary host screws up but yeah what was the question um so are you are you cold the... right now do you would you like a warmth mind <laughs> so they can fill the brass themselves but having somebody that could also burn brass alimantically would make it way easier to fill up and they don't yes. have natural alimancers in the south they do they're just really 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 incredibly rare Ew. uh like... why don't do they have investiture mines that give someone the power to burn brass i don't know that'd be useful if they did and then they would need maybe possibly two different investiture mines and so a i brass think mine to fill i think they need nicrosil fairings like you have to have one of those to start the process i think and like it wouldn't matter if their alamancers were twin born because they can get the Verukami from the uh, identityless metal mines. So basically, they could compound anything if they already had the alamancy for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know if it was this chapter or I think it was toward the end of chapter 25 where it dawned on me. Uh, you remember our old conjure friend, Relor? Uh huh. Yeah. Have you ever tried spelling Relor backwards? Nope. It's ruler, Ooh. as in Lord Ruler. Hmm. So I'm amending my previous theory about Spook being the, quote, Lord Ruler, and uh, moving on to saying that it was probably Relor who was a conjurer, ate the body of the Lord Ruler, and then went to the south to bring the powers of Alamancy and Farukami to them. Maybe it was, it was possibly even like Harmony's way of uh, providing for the people of the south as well. Like I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm I'm throwing the idea of this actually being Rayshek. I'm throwing it out the window along with Rayshek. Like he could survive a thousand foot drop or whatever from Credit Shaw if he had his bracers on, but he didn't. Like he, at the very least, lost his ATM bracers. So he's a thousand year old man. Uh, but also, you know, probably didn't have his gold bracers either. Do you know what the word is to throw someone out a window? Because there's a yeah. word for that. Yeah. Didn't he, uh, maybe I'm just remembering it wrong, but didn't he dry up and in, into dust like the guy from Last Crusade when he lost his <laughs> metal mines? I, like, maybe that's you mean just when how he I remember the it. Ark? Wait, that wasn't the, oh, wait, I was thinking of the other one where they open the Ark and everyone turns into skeletons. I was thinking of the guy oh, who oh. chose poorly when he drank from the wrong uh, grail, yeah. but. I would describe the arc as more of a face melting. Yeah, yeah, not like a decrepitizing. Oh, decrepitizing! Did... It's such a good word. Why did the wrong cup 
do that. Like, that seems bad for the knight who has to hang out there. Like, he can only drink water, and he can only do it from this one cup, and he isn't allowed to leave. Yeah, and, like, that would be an easy way to figure out which cup to drink from. Which one has been used a lot over (laughs) many years? That one. Oh, maybe he also cleans the decoy cup. Could be, could be. I mean, what else would you do with all that time you've got? Read Brandon Sanderson? You need need more time than that. (laughs) Uh, Watch One Piece. Nobody has that much time. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so chapter 25, they get into the inner chamber, and there's no bracers. Display case is broken, but something seems amiss. Any other questions? Where's where's the Bands of Mourning? What happened? Hmm. We'll have to read and find out. Maybe we'll find oh, out no. in chapter 26. I hate being Rayfode. Alright, chapter 26. Oh no, Telson, how could you? Who? Wh- what a surprise twist. <laughs> uh, wax fall down the hole. Telson used chromium grenade. Wayne escapes. Milan down and unplugged. Wayne comes back disguised as a guard. That didn't really happen. That's what I thought happened. Marasi will get us out of this. That's it. Somehow. So, oh, Telson has been working for the set all along. No one could have possibly predicted that. Uh, she, in fact, outranks her uncle, which is a fun tidbit as well. She, she was his recruiter, in fact. And then they have a fight. Uh, triangle wins. Particle Man. And then Milan. Oopsie. Wayne escaped. And then, like, five minutes later, a guard comes back, and Telson's like, Did you find the short one with the bowler hat and the handsome smile? And the guard's like, No, there's been no sign of him. So I thought that this was actually Wayne disguised as a guard coming back, um, <laughs> which would have been great. But as we will find out later, I don't think that's the case. That's That would have been amazing. Uh, you, should, right. you should always assume that every character that you don't immediately recognize is Wayne. Yes. And every character that you do immediately recognize might be Wayne. Or a Chandra. Wayne is a Chandra confirmed. Hmm, no. He's, uh, he likes a Chandra. Uh, yeah. And Marasi's like, I'll get, oh, or wait, I don't know. Something, she'll help. Somehow. Oh, wait, I guess she was in the room with... Yeah, she was in the display case room with them because she brought suit. Wayne and the Chandra were kissing, and I saw them kissing, and they had a baby, and the baby looked at me. Yep, the baby looked at you. Hey, did I miss anything for Chapter 26? Who's got the copper mind open? Probably. (laughs) Having the copper mind open would have been a really good idea. Yeah. That's a Craig thing, though, and he's not here. No, I usually do it too. I'll do it. Wait, what is this? Things you might have missed section on the copper mind? You're not supposed to be on the copper mind. What's this other section? Other Cosmere references? Click. What? Secret Mistborn. Secret history of Edge Dancer. White Sand. Oathbringer. Oh, um, so my wife asked last night what our, like, how much we have left. And when I was, like, going through all the things, I completely forgot White Sand. I just <laughs> I just forgot that it existed. I, I believe you said, even though we pushed White Sand behind Oathbringer, I can still listen to spoiler sections 
after Oathbringer because you never talk about White Sand. Literally never talk about it. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, I think you covered most things. The big, uh, except... the big thing was that Telson was set. Part yeah. Of working with the set. And that Telson and Edwarn both have hemolurgy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that as well. Hey, Dave. Uh, and Wax fell down a hole. I I don't think this set was ever breeding anyone. I think maybe they were going after hemolurgy. Yeah, that's that's my thinking. Is yeah, good theory. I wish I had thought of it. Is that yeah? Wax <laughs> Wax came up with a theory and then just stuck with it forever. Yeah. I wonder if he'll change his theory by the end of this week's chapter. Chapter 27! <laughs> I, mean, I hope Mike will appreciate this. Chapter 27. Do you want to read it, Mike? The glass box was just communism. Which is a reference to... Clue! Yeah! <laughs> because communism was just a red herring, which I saw that movie so many times before <laughs> I got like the full depth of that joke. It's so good. Because communism red yeah like <laughs> yeah and well i think tim carey even pauses on the word red he's like communism was just a red herring yeah but his his speech patterns in that movie are just all over the place anyway <laughs> i i can i can hear the delivery of that line in my head though <laughs> i buttle sir <laughs> oh man that's that a one good of those movie. movies that's great that critics hate uh yeah, I'm pretty sure it got like full blown panned. In part because like the theatrical release was three theatrical releases with different endings. Yeah, because they were trying to get people to like go to other theaters and watch it multiple times, but nobody did. Yeah, I, I didn't watch it until it was aired or released on VHS. I forget, and they had all three endings back to back. I don't remember which critic it was, but some. Like, I used to read critics' opinions of movies, like, because we were poor college students and we couldn't afford to see all of the movies in the theater, but that was one of our favorite things to do was go to the theater. So we would, you know, wait until the reviews were out and see what the critics said about the movie before we decided what to go see. And that lasted right up until Return of the King got completely destroyed by some of the critics and i was like are they serious like mm -hmm. what are they did they see the same trilogy that i saw because <laughs> what and and then it won all of the oscars that year and and i was just like okay the critics don't know what they're talking about so noted and and i've i've not read them since a lot of times i'll watch reviews of movies just because it takes less time and is more entertaining than the movie might be like I don't know. Oh, yeah, like the like, YouTube reviews that people do nowadays. Yeah. Sure. I watch, but, uh... I watch a decent amount of Doug Walker. Um, I don't like I kind of go back and forth on him. Like sometimes I think he's pretty funny and sometimes I just get really tired of watching him. But um, overall, I'd say Nostalgia Critic is pretty good. Um, but uh, I, I like it. But I always like it more. And this goes for like. Nostalgia critic, angry video game nerd, any kind of like YouTube review. Like, I always I like the actual review part a lot better than the sketches. Just like, yeah, when you're actually talking about the thing and giving insight, it's interesting to me. But like, you going around dropping f bombs and shooting people isn't really entertainment to me. I sometimes I like to go on to Rotten Tomatoes and try to work out like why 
certain films got, you know, got like panned by critics but loved by audiences. Like mm-hmm. uh, Kung Pao. Critics freaking hated it. And it's got a really high audience score, mostly because, like, the audience for that movie self-selects itself. And critics don't get to pick what they wa- what they watch. Yeah, that's fair. But, like, YouTubers do. <laughs> what were we talking about? Communism? All right, the glass box mm-hmm. was just communism. It's the bracers. Wax tries to do the bullet-pushing thing from the prologue, but Edward activates a trap plate instead. Lol. Uh... Lady Sequence. That's a Telson set name. Oh, yeah. Wear that bomber plane. That's which is the actual weapon they were going after, not the Bands of Mourning. Uh, poor Irish. They didn't find the Bands of Mourning for him, which is what he really wanted, so that he could cure his terminal illness slash oldness, whichever it was. I think in a chapter after we talked about it, they talk about him having a... Uh, right. Yeah. Roof fell... The bracers are drains. Did you try removing your spikes? So set or suit tries to get the power out of the like the underground pit trap bracers, and he's like, "Oh, they're drained of their power. They're useless now." And then I don't. I guess I don't know why. I I was hearkening back to when Vin steps into the well of ascension, and she can't draw the power while she's hemologically spiked, but. I guess that doesn't really make sense because these are supposedly like Farukami mines, right? They're not. It's not like pure power of preservation. It's uh, correct. Farukami. This is not. So there wouldn't this be is any not reason. condensed yeah. god. This is yeah. This is that was where my first house. thought was. Uh, this this is Soylent <laughs> Investure. It's people. Yeah, that's what Hemalurgy is. Mm-hmm. Well, and identityless of, uh... Farukami. Yeah, and then Wayne comes crashing to the rescue. Blah, 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 spearhead trade. Suit is back with some bracer-looking thingies, and then, ah, the bracers are here. It's too bad I'm dead. Scott got that extra life back in Volume 3, remember? I was just thinking of that part in Scott Pilgrim where he's like, I feel like I've learned something. It's too bad I'm dead. But this isn't the part. Wax doesn't come back to life here. I just remembered that scene. Um, And I don't think this line is in the movie but in the comic books uh think uh steven stills says oh yeah scott got that extra life back in volume three or something like that when he comes back same thing same thing happened in ready player one now that you mention it yeah i've only Uh, seen the movie for both of those yeah i've read the scott pilgrim comics uh pretty good and there's there's some notable differences definitely there's more content to them i think they did a good job of uh, pairing it down the movie length. Um, like, they don't really go into the Kadianagi twins too much in the, in the movie, but, like, they build up the whole Battle of the Bands thing a little more in the comic. And I've only seen the Scott Pilgrim movie. I have not read the comics. Higher, who was the second ex's name? Um, not the stunt double guy. Or he wasn't a stunt Lucas double. Lucas Lee. Like a, Lucas Lee, yeah. He had stunt doubles. He wasn't the stunt double. Played by Chris So, yeah, the whole, the whole scene with uh, Lucas Lee is, like, completely different in the movie. In the movie, he, like, beats him up and destroys him, but in the comic, they actually just, like, sit down and talk it out. <laughs> um, no, in the movie, he tricks him into grinding down terrible rails and crashing and dying. Oh, yeah, he does something like that. But anyways, he doesn't... Well, he actually, like, defeats Lucas Lee through conversation in the comic book. If I were Hey, hey spoilers for Scott Pilgrim, a movie that you should totally see if you haven't yet. And if you have seen it, you should watch it again. It's really good. And I should you... probably watch it again because I've only seen it once. 
Yeah. Well, too bad Craig's not here to talk about Scott Pilgrim, his favorite movie after Back to the Future. Uh, what happened in this chapter? So, uh, you know, Telson orders Uncle Suit to follow Wax down the pit. He's like, you know, he's not dead, Uncle. So he goes down and there's some bullets. So they find bracers in the pit, uh, but they're powerless. And Wax is trying remember like in the prologue where he has the pushing match with um the ugly kid and they were pushing the bullet against each other but and the ugly kid was stronger but wax was smarter and could deconstruct the bullet and push it in such a way that he basically he basically does like chainmail rings on spearhead or like arrowhead trick that Vin did um but with a bullet that's actually like exactly yeah it's very similar to what Vin did to the One Steel Inquisitor, which she has. The, yeah, you guys remember that? That was awesome. Yeah. When Vin breaks off the arrowhead, arrowheads and uh, slots them into little little chainmail rings. So she pushes the ring forward, pushing the arrow forward. And then when the Steel Inquisitor pushes back, he only pushes the ring off, and the arrowheads continue to move forward. And so. Yep. Well, the thing that, that, was, that was Wax did in the prologue was he. He's so good at the steel pushing that he can just push on part of the bullet instead of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. So the other guy is stronger, but Wax is able to focus all of his strength just on the part of the bullet that explodes it. Yeah, something like that. So I guess it's a little different, but I guess it's not the same at all. Uh, Lady Sequence, uh, they inform Lady Sequence, Akatelson, that they found the bomber plane that the hunters had initially come brought the bomber plane to blow up the temple if you remember and that's what they were looking for some roof fell because ed warren activated the trap plate i think and then wayne comes and does he come after suit leaves forget or yeah he fight suit? no or he hits somebody was it suit i don't know wayne basically just jumped in every pit and kept healing himself till he found wax <laughs> <laughs> he just kept jumping into spikes <laughs> um maybe he landed on suit i don't know uh so then marasi we're back out we're, we're outside with marasi and telson and, and all and marasi is like oh maybe i can get some power out of realer spike so she goes into her purse to get the spike out and oops it's just the spearhead from the lord ruler statue and oh the suit actually okay so i don't remember if suit and wayne encountered each other but suit comes back outside with the bracers they found in the pit and uh wax is like no did, did they hide the bracers somewhere else oh no they they're here i figured it out i i know what the, happened and then he dies and that's the end of chapter 27 no no he died yep, yep he died wax figures it out almost too late just like sean does every single episode it's not almost too late. He died. It's definitely too late. But yeah. he got that extra life in Volume 3. Yeah. So what happened in Chapter 28? Wayne, he's got a gun. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Time to spearhead this rescue campaign. Nothing important happens. Marasi burned all her medals, even cadmium, appendectomy, duty, or more different adventure. Uh... So Wayne took the shotgun off of Wax when he died, and he's like, time to go shoot stuff, I guess. I don't know. Um, then Marasi goes back, and she's like, oh, 
The spearhead was the bands of mourning all along. Wax thought it was aluminum because he couldn't sense it with his with his steel pushing. But he couldn't sense it because they're super duper full of Farukami power. And I'm a little like I don't know how like you only have to be touching the metal. You don't have to be wearing it to draw the power out. But then like I guess you also she didn't need her hands to just be holding the spearhead or something when she draws on the power. Um, and then nothing important happens uh, other than Wax, after dying, has a conversation with Harmony. And Marasi, now full of the power of the Lord Ruler, burns all of her medals. She's so strong, she can even push on the spikes that are lodged into Suit and uh, Lady Whisper. And then, uh, <laughs> then Steris is looking at her notes and she's like, What? I didn't have. I didn't have a bullet point about Marasi getting becoming all powerful. It wasn't even in the appendix. I'm gonna have to remember to expand my expectations of what might happen on these adventures. And that wasn't on her bingo board at all. Nah. And then we got this here. Uh, Wax, you know, Wax having a conversation with Harmony, and Harmony presents with him the option of freedom or. And and Wax thinks choices are between freedom and duty, and Faze is like, well, let's just call it a different adventure. And then, did I make that Scott Pilgrim reference yet about the extra life? Cause yeah, Mar- you did. Marasi decides that it's the the power superpowers aren't for her. It's not who she is or who she desires to be. And then she brings the bands of mourning to Wax, and she's like, burn it, Wax. And, you know, from Wax's perspective, he uh, he chooses Harmony's blue pill or whatever and goes back to life. And, you know, he has a new perspective. It's not duty. It's breaking things with style because that's who Wax, the guy who does break things for style of duty. Anyway, Wax is back. And that's where we're going to leave off for this week. Yay. Wax is back. And he's gone full Super Saiyan. You thought he went yeah. Super Saiyan before, but that was just the Kaioken. You thought Marasi went Super Saiyan, and she did, but then she did it. Power levels over 9,000. Uh, you got anything else for me? Mm-mm. All right, well. I'm, I'm very excited for next episode. A lot of stuff <laughs> happens. It doesn't right. seem like there's enough book left for, uh, for that much stuff to happen. A lot of so stuff happens. So much stuff happens. So much stuff. Okay. Well, I'm out of here. Mike, you know what to do. I do know what to do. Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. Waiting for Dave to go so I can... The part where... Okay. He has gotten up and left, but he's still in the voice channel. Whatever. Uh, Dave's gone? Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. All right, spoiler time. Spoiler time. So first off, the end of the book, holy crap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Himija. He has to stay on, otherwise the stream won't be able to hear us, because I'm smart. Okay, you may have actually heard it, I just rolled my eyes at at how not smart I just was. Yeah. I, I did hear it, actually, yeah. Yeah. That came through. Uh, okay, so... Uh, but yes, the end of the book. 
Uh, I think it is clear at this point that he has no idea who the quote-unquote sovereign is. Right. Um, I think also that he missed that assuming it was the Lord Ruler was Wax's thing, and that Alec never once actually named him the Lord Ruler. Right. He, he said he's the sovereign, he was our king and god, but at no point it was like, oh yeah, it was the Lord Ruler. He called himself the Lord Ruler, he had this whole like extreme black and white dress code. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so end of the book. Would you like to recap, Tori? Just walk us through the rest of the things that happen. Um, so Wax, having acquired the Bands of Mourning, which, uh, they're not actually bands, um, defeats the, um, set and manages to, uh, arrest his uncle Suit. Uh, Telson, um, Wayne takes her out back and shoots her. Um, but twice. when they go looking for the body, uh, she's not there, uh, because... He, he uh, shoots her twice, once directly in the face. Yeah, right in the face. Uh, and Which, he recovers various spikes, so... I mean, she had it coming. Spike and both of Milan's spikes. Right. And so they defeat the, uh, set, they rescue the crew of the airship, they, uh, take the airship, and they fly back to, uh, Allendale, and, they don't, um, they don't take the airship. They, Steris negotiates, and then they no, ask no, no. for a they, ride. They don't take it like, we're taking this and it's ours now. They take it like, hey, we're gonna take a cab, um, uh, that kind of taking. And so they, they get a ride back to Allendale. And, um, Steris has this brilliant idea of, hey, why don't we open trade between our two peoples? And that, that comes off sounding like a pretty good idea. Um, there, there's a little bit of flirting between, uh, Marisy and Alec. And that's adorable. And I ship them so hard. Darn um, right there is. And once they get back to town, um, Wax, uh, borrows Steris for, for a little, you know, a little date. And the date is actually, he's, he's hired a survivorist priest to, uh, conduct a, a little wedding ceremony for them. So they get married. It's romantic. And, um, because they already did the big ceremony. Like, they did literally everything except actually get married. Yeah. So so that part's done. And, um, but then uh, Wax is going through um, his things that were in his pockets on the adventure. Like, his, his, his butler uh, or whatever has uh, emptied out his pockets and, and cleaned his cloak, coat or whatever. And... Um, and what so has he finds, it got in its pockets? Well, it's a coin that he got from a, a mysterious beggar outside of that party in in um, New Saren, and uh, and he's like, "Wait a minute! This is one of this is like those those metal mines that they that the Southern Scadrians were using." And so he checks, and it is in fact a copper mine, and there's a memory in there, um, sovereign, and he realizes that the sovereign had a whole bunch of scars on his arms. Yep. So okay, we know so, who that is. So the the vision is from the viewpoint of the Sovereign. And one eye is normal, one eye is just blue alimantic iron steel lines. Right. And it's it's showing someone going to a place where the Southern Scadrians are. A bunch of them have frozen to death. The yeah, they're all huddled around a fire and they're just freezing. Yep, the few that have survived 
are are huddled around a fire, and we get one word and a view of a very recognizable arm, and then Wax is startled and drops the, co- the coin. The word is survive. The end. Oh, and uh, yeah, that's that's the next episode. Mm-hmm. The bands. So, so the the negotiations almost fall apart until Steris suggests that um, Milan be given the bands as an impartial, faceless immortal. Right, because the Southern Scadrians, um, despite having different um, rules of governance or whatever, um, and religious beliefs and whatnot, they they also have. Um, Chandra in their in their history, so they know about the faceless immortals, and um, they're they're willing to trust the Chandra with the bands. But oh, you know who else has faceless immortals? No, who? Trell. Trell has something very similar to the faceless immortals. Does he now? Oh my gosh! When are we going to find out about that? Also next next week, next episode. But yeah, Uncle Suit gets exploded. He does get exploded. Yes, yes, he does by by something with red eyes. I think that's everything. I'm very curious to see what Dave's take on this is. In I would love to see Dave's take on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's going to be next week for all of the listeners at home, unless you're listening live on our Discord. Yes. So we're recording two episodes in one day, but they're going to air a week apart. Yep. So next episode is the end of this book episode after that is a uh, overview of not just this book but era two um so and far, castless because... we need to do castless and castless and we're gonna update the diagram and then we get uh i've suddenly lost the name Mistborn secret history there we go yeah next on the list is secret history and after that is edge dancer and then it's oathbringer which explains except it doesn't really explain anything about the ending of Bands of Mourning. Yep. Yep. Yay. Okay. Um, do we have anything else we want to dig into? Mm, no. If you've been following uh, Brandon's website, he's um, he's finished draft uh, number two of Wax and Wayne 4. So that's gone to, that's gone to beta readers now. Um, so I don't know how many drafts he's going to go through. But um, that's progress. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe I posted something from one of the beta readers who in a preview or who I'm in another um, discord with that, like he had gotten the beta for the Lost Metal and then 12 hours later had finished the beta for the Lost Metal. But I don't remember where I posted it anyway. Yeah. So technology is great and I just love it. So beta readers have had the Lost Metal for some time now, and hopefully have had a chance to go through it again instead of one 12-hour marathon of just read the next word. And I was saying before my connection died, I don't know how many drafts we're going to go through, but progress. Yep. Um, I don't know 100% Brandon's progress, but or Brandon's process, but like I want to say there's at least like one more beta rewrite. And then gamma is just spelling and punctuation and grammar. And that that's that's like the last pass before actual publishing. And that happens usually after like preview chapters start coming out. Yeah, well we do know from um past experience, um, for example, uh when we got our copy of uh Dawn Shard, that was a fairly early draft. 
Um, so we do know that his quote unquote rough drafts are, are actually pretty polished compared to what, say, your rough drafts or my rough drafts would be. Well, even the early one of um, Donchard had already gone through a beta pass, hadn't it? I think so. Yeah, that that sounds right to me. Um, so, yeah, his first drafts, as I understand it, are pretty rough. But like once once the beta readers have had it go at it and he's been able to refine based on you know their feedback, then he becomes an actually good author. I want to be a good author. Uh, apparently, the secret is getting Brandon Sanderson's beta readers. I'll work on that because um, there's a there's a story I had heard at one point that like one of his beta readers had like gone a while between reading like actual finished product of Brandon's and like had only been able to read like the the first drafts like the the unpolished stuff and then finally got back around to reading like a finished version it was like oh you're actually a good author i forgot but yeah do we have anything else i don't think i have anything else i don't have anything else cool then bye everybody good night internet this has been the cosmere deep dive podcast follow us on twitter at at cosmerecast or like us on facebook our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.